Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. If you are a new subscriber, you are welcome to use the playlists on this channel. That is where all themes have been helpfully arranged for you. There are different themes. There is the Russia and China playlist, which is by far the most important playlist on the Master's Voice. There is also the the sin series which is i think essential for new believers there are many people who have just come to christianity and they have no idea what things the bible calls sin either because they have not been taught or they have not for i believe in spiritual responsibility taking the time to go and study the word of god for themselves and understand what it is that God requires of a holy people. You have come to basically Mountain Zion where the Lord is sitting in great and almost unapproachable light and glory. Therefore, just as you would want to get to know any other person by understanding what they like and do not like, it is essential to face time with the word of God so that you can learn the character of God, so that you can learn the heart of God, so can you so you can learn the motivations of God and so that you cannot be deceived this is great advice for you whether you've been in the church for 50 years whether you are a pastor yourself none of us have attained we are still in this heavenly walk we are still trying to make it into the eternal kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ and until we actually get to sit at that wedding supper and see our little name tag we are still in a position where the enemy can strike and the enemy can deceive and the enemy can capture and the enemy shall capture many, many trophies in the last days. And so if you do not want to fall prey to the first thing that Jesus named in Matthew 24, in verse four, when he says, take heed that no man deceive you, that means that you need to have the word of God hidden in your heart for it acts as this amazing filter whereby when you hear lies and you hear flesh and you hear carnality and you hear people telling you their beliefs in place of the truth of God's word, you will have something like an electrified fence that will zap those lies and cause them to fall harmlessly at your feet. And understand that we are in a time period where the deceptions are getting world-class. They are getting so good that they sound good I spoke once about how if you have a sick dog and you want to give the dog tablets, you're not going to bring those chalky, untasting, untasteful pills to any animal, your cat or your dog, and give them those awful pills. You will hide it in the animal's favorite food and give it to them. That's also how people poison pests and vermin that are bothering their property or in their house. They will hide the pellets for the rats or whatever other animals in food. And then the animals come and eat it. And then they crawl away to die. In the same way, when you hide the word of God in your hearts, the lies shall crawl away to die. Bless Jesus. They shall perish out in the field and they shall go back to their caves like the strangers that they are. But they will not take you over and you will not be deceived. And you will not have to die a fool's death in these very dangerous times. It is necessary to read your Bible, to love your Bible, to not look at it like a chore or think that it is something you are doing to make God happy. Surprise, God does not need you to read the Bible for him to be happy. God is good all day long. Also, he knows the Bible. So the person who needs to know the Bible to be able to interface with him correctly is us. You hate this word. You hate yourself. 
you don't know this word and you're walking around and calling yourself a child of God, you are just as good as somebody who is walking around naked down the main street and thinking that he or she is fully clothed. So you need to know this word of God, whether you're an old Christian or a new Christian, you need to start somewhere. If you're new, start in the new Testament, start getting to know the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not neglect the old Testament. The Old Testament is the perfection of Jesus hidden in these stories, hidden in these scriptures. It's also the perfection of the Father. And if many people knew the Old Testament, if the Old Testament was actually properly taught in churches and properly taught by people who understand it on YouTube, the church would not be so deceived. The church would not be neck deep in this fake God is love theology, which is God just has one job to love, 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 love the sinner, love the sin, love all the lies. That is not who God is. He is not into sin. He is not into defilement. He is not into people who lie and cover up their sin and then think that it is his job to keep extending them grace. The Bible tells us that grace does not abound so that sin can abound more, meaning that God will not keep giving you a get out of jail free card for you to go back to your vomit and then say, thank God, he's a loving father. This too is deception. And so whether you're old or new, it is your job to get to know the character of this God that you have come to, to learn him for yourself so that nobody will put a bag over your head and carry you off in the back of a truck to sacrifice you in some kind of demonic occultic church to their own whims, to their false gods, to their Masonic brotherhoods, and then leave your family heartbroken and wondering how you could be part of a cult. And so today the prophetic word is this, introduction not completed, there are other channels such as BitChute, Rumble, and Brighteon where you are welcome to watch. I know that some people can't stand YouTube and that's perfectly understandable. So you can follow the Master's Voice Prophecy blog on BitChute, Rumble, and Brighteon. And there is also an excellently translated Spanish channel that has these prophecies, even though they're not quite up to date. It is called La Voz del Señor. There's also a blog for that. And I will try to start adding the link under the old videos as I have time. And so you can look under the description box to find out more about this ministry. You can look under the description box to find out what today's prophecy is about. Today's prophecy is about the great falling away. The fact that we have come, as the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, to the end of an age. We have come to the end of the age of the blended church. The church is now going to be exposed. And I think that it is wonderful of God to go ahead of the curve and expose his church himself before the devil has a chance to do it. It is just unfortunate that the tool that God will use to expose the blended church is the devil. It is deception. It is grand delusions, all kinds of levels of deceptions and delusions that will be operating in the hearts of people and that is how we are going to see the wheat separated from the tares. The actual grains of rice coming out of the husks and the husks will simply be carried away like chaff on the wind because we know that when you take rice out of that outer husk, it is the rice that has weight. It can go up into the air, that will be the testing and calamity, but it will always fall back down into the tray. However, the chaff, because it has been separated from the rice, will go up into the air and be blown off to judgment. And this is what is going to happen. The great falling away is going to separate 
who is a true believer and who is not. And that chasm will be so wide that no matter how much you love someone, please listen, because this is a painful reality that many people are experiencing already. You might have already loved your, lost your loved one to painful choices that they made a few years ago. You may have already lost your loved one and they're still alive and well now and they hate you with the fire of a thousand suns. They don't want to hear anything that you have to say. They believe that you are deceived and you know that they are deceived because they are following after a false gospel, false expectations, and their false God, who is called another Jesus, fake Jesus in his bathrobe of love, is the God that they believe in. And the day will come where God, Jesus Christ, will humble fake Jesus. The true Lord of hosts will burn up that effigy that many people in the church believe in. And that will be a day of wailing, I'm sorry to say. When these people actually see for themselves the kind of things that our master, Jesus Christ, is going to leave us here to weather the storms that we will face, the challenges that we will go through, the things that we will have to see, things that I already see now. And when I talk about them, then people say, I think it's too much. She's doing too much. Imagine as if I'm trying to perform for an audience, as if I am not working out my own salvation with fear and trembling. And part of that fear, part of that trembling is being extremely obedient to the heavenly vision. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, meaning as I see it, so I will say it. And if you can't handle it, it's up to you to build up your absorbency or you will just be driven away from here because the winds are only going to get stronger until many people will not be able to take it. Do not lose your life foolishly. The end of the age, the great falling away, January 19, 2022. I will read the scriptures again. Now the spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, meaning they absolutely will giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. 1 Timothy 4 and 1. The second banner scripture is this. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. This is simply saying, be careful that you don't grow up a seed in you that brings out the evil harvest where your heart is full of unbelief and you depart from the living God. So the living God will give a message or the living God will bring a teaching through anyone and then you're listening to it and thinking it's too far-fetched or it doesn't match up with what you learn from Pastor Bob and Sister Hendricks. And so you don't want to listen to it and you depart from that place. There are many people who do not accept, for instance, that the sons of God that are referred to in Genesis chapter six are fallen angels. They just feel that it's so far left of accepted theology. Why would God allow angels to come down here? And why would God allow this? Why does God allow people to sin? Why should God curb the angel's sin when we are so much weaker than angels and God doesn't curb our sin? God lets everyone operate in free will. Isn't it a little bit prideful to think that you have free will and yet the angels who do not die should not have any free will? What kind of God would that be? So here we are. The prophecy is from January, 2022. And I was sleeping and the Lord woke me up in the course of the night and he told me about the future. 
told me about things that will be and how human beings will fall away to idolatry of the fallen ones. This is angel worship. This is the technology of the fallen ones that will so amaze us. The things that we will see in the future, the kinds of things that we will see. People will idolize the fallen ones, the fallen angels. People will idolize the technology that they bring. So there will be atheists who still don't care about the fact that this is coming from angels, but they will love what these people, these beings are bringing, and they will fall away to idolizing that, to idolizing the transhumanist body, the robot arm, you know, or the bionic heart, or the, the radar eye, or all the different things, the integrated thing that I said that they will integrate the communications into people and young people if you don't raise your children right will think it's amazing to be able to answer the phone in the ear the fact is this is that you answer the phone here on earth and you are the super coolest teen and then you pass away because all man must eventually meet his end and then you get to the gates of heaven and jesus is saying i'm so sorry but we're not taking calls at the moment you cannot come into a holy and undefiled space where you are partly man and partly telecommunications. What a bitter end because of deception practice here in the body, falling away to cults of aliens. We already see that. If you are parents out there, please be mindful of your children because there are a lot of young children in these comment boards. There are a lot of young children under the chat boards of videos from places like the History Channel and, and Gaia, and also grown adults who unfortunately don't know better because their minds are already being deceived, saying that, oh no, we await the coming of the light bearers. We await the coming of the enlightened ones. They will share their enlightenment with us and they shall help us to transcend our evil nature that has wars and hates one another. And we will all be one family. We will be the food of these beings. So if one family means being the meat of beasts, then I guess it has a different meaning from what God would intend us to understand. And so, a lot of the prophecies that I receive from the Lord show the future world, what it looks like, who will be living there. And this is what the Father said about the coming times. People will clamor for other gods. To clamor means to make a very great, hectic and stirred up noise. To be very worked up about something. To be very excited about it and moved greatly to participate and to know more about and to be linked to. So the way that people clamor for celebrities, when the celebrity comes, then they just lose their minds. Like, oh, this person is breathing the same air as me right now. And the way they respond is exactly how God says that people will respond to other gods. He said they will get tired of Jesus and they will instead desire gods who are more exciting than he. And this is not hard to understand. There's something about the Lord and the way that he presents himself that if you've not invested time in getting to know his character, you can get frustrated with him. And this is just honest commentary. If you're the kind of person that likes things to happen fast and you come into a faith where the God that you are serving has all the power present to grant you any desire that you have. But before he grants that desire, he will look at the motive of your heart. Why are you asking for this thing? What do you really want to do with it? Do you really even understand what you would do with it if I gave it to you? 
You say that you want a husband and yet you are filled with no submission and you are filled with pride and you are filled with terrible spending habits and you are basically going to be like a piranha that joins to this man and drains all his savings over the course of five years. And then when he can no longer keep up with your spending Birkin bag habit, then you're going to dump him like a hot potato, take his baby away from him and destroy his entire self-esteem as a man. Same with men who can do this to women, derail them, kill their dreams, keep them under their shoe, and then cheat on them for good measure just because he can. Jesus looks at the heart. He looks at the motivation. He looks at the character level. He looks at your level of development. He looks at your willingness to change, your willingness to listen, your teachableness, your humbleness, your ability to wait. He will test your spirit sometimes, especially if you're asking for really big things. The Lord will test you and make you wait and wait and wait just to see if you are someone who can be stretched from Gideon's faith to Abrahamic faith. Gideon's faith was really small and he had to continuously be comforted all along the way. But at least Gideon had to his credit, his obedience. Every time God comforted him and told him, go forth man of valor. He didn't sit at home and say, no, I need more confirmation on this. I need to talk to five more elders. He went forth. Abraham's faith, God would speak to that man and a huge period of time would go by before God had another conversation, at least a recorded conversation. And Abraham continued in the faith for 25 years until the faith was so big that it went off camera. It was so epic that this man is now called the father of faith. And so go, though God can do anything immediately, he does not because God is interested in well-rounded children, children who are very polite, and humble and are not grasping far above their station and people who are able to trust him and wait upon him with love and even when they're sad that they waited for the thing a long time they will still say you know though i feel a little incomplete without this i do love you and i can still worship you because i'm able to separate my relationship with you with my hope or desire for this thing most people think that they're one in the same God is only good when he gives them something and he's an evil, horrible troll person when he takes too long. Why is he doing this to me? He gave it to her, but he won't give it to me. God watches all those things. And so God is saying that people will be more interested in God's, first of all, that you can see. You will be able to talk to the fallen. They will be here in person on all the talk shows, especially the good looking ones, answering questions and saying, we have come to elevate you. And their voices will sound like the rushings of many waters and people will think, oh, he speaks so well and I feel soothed listening to him because this is what the serpent does. He will soothe, he will offer protection, he will give instant gratification to the microwave generation and they will follow after him, after them, after it, like lemmings. They will want gods who are more exciting than our Jesus. They will want masters who are willing to share power with them, gods who will make them gods. This is offering a fake form of eternal life. The youth elixirs that I have spoken of here, how women will be greatly tempted 
to drink potions that will wash and wipe away the years that will take you back to the youth of 16 years old when you were rosy cheeked and you had not a care in the world. The only problem is that all of Satan's potions and all that he offers is a lie. And so after a while, those things, as I have seen them in the future, will wear off and because they are spiritual magic, they will twist and make a woman or a man more hideous and more aged than they were before, leaving you no choice but to go back and get more. And thus the cycle will continue. Masters willing to share power means that they will share technology, especially here in America. America loves technology and information sharing. She has a very greedy grabbing inside to be an innovator at all costs. And God has revealed that in this country, people, the leaders in this country do get ideas and they do get technology and they get plans and agendas from the fallen ones. So gods that will make men gods will be much more interested than Jesus, who is only making men fit for heaven. It will not be a competition in the eyes of many people, because as this prophecy will show, there will come a time where Jesus will be considered a total myth and people will be mocked for still believing in him. It will be as if you have placed your faith in an archaic storyline. And people will tell you to your face that Jesus has been debunked. They will tell you he has been debunked. They exposed him on CNN and the History Channel. There was a six-hour documentary showing that he was never born. And there was a 12-hour documentary showing that he was just a guy in drag or something equally hideous. And if you think that this is blasphemy, then you need to look online and see what certain pastors are calling the Lord. Certain pastors in churches that are already blasphemous, what they are saying against Jesus. Bear in mind that the Antichrist tongue will speak proudly against the Most High and will curse those in heaven of whom Christ is chief. Jesus will become a fairy tale, a storyline, and those who still love him will be mocked to within an inch of their life. So if you have a problem with mockery now, the future will be very difficult for you. They will want saviors of visible strength, powerful gods, those who possess and show them power again. Here is God with his small miracles. You need something. And then by a series of small tweakings here and there, the Lord makes it happen for you. The Lord is not, at least in our age, because of so much unbelief. He's not really doing the signs and wonders that he did before. It's not really parting those seas. It's not really raising a lot of people to life. But Satan is going to come with shock and awe. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verses 8, 9, 10. We'll read those. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth, and he will destroy with the brightness of his coming. Well, let's hear more about that coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, the devil, the dragon, the chief fallen one. According to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. 
And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. So once the strong delusion gets working, the power, the signs, the all deceivableness, and the wonders that Satan will be the master of will carry away the group that God says is perishing because that group is unrighteous and hates the true gospel and hates the true mannerisms of the Lord Jesus Christ. A God that displays power, gods who show power. So miracles, healing blindness through the false pastors that will receive a great influx of false power. It's been said on this channel that there will be those who are working the works of God. They will be working miracles in the last days. There will be signs that will astound in all God's church. But the false ones are going to be like Janus and Jambres. They will be working the same works. And the Holy Spirit has said that this will be the battle that will test discernment. For how are you to know when a man rises to life by what power it has been done? The Pharisees always ask Jesus, by what power have you done this? By what power have you done this? He does this by the power of Beelzebub. And then he would answer them, if it's Beelzebub's power that cleansed the leper or opened these blind eyes or healed the lame, whose power is it that your acolytes are using? How will you know who healed the cancer? Because most people are so fleshly that they will simply take the cancer's healing as an automatic sign that it is God. But the false ones will be doing powers, signs, and wonders. And if you cannot tell because your discernment is not active, then the dangerous assumption you will make is that all good works must come from God. For God is good, therefore the work is good, therefore the work is of God. Ergo, it was God, and that is very wrong and dangerous math. They say that they will not want a God who mostly uses words to display himself. Just as Jesus, the true God, performed great signs and wonders among the Israelites, but was rejected in, famous, in favor of Barabbas, who had done nothing useful in his entire life, Jesus in the end times will be rejected for idols of human invention, self-worship, and false gods who will convince man that there is no merit in following the true God at all. And one such idol is this emaciated looking man by the name of, I think his name is Yuval Harari. If you actually want to see the fulfillment of, I think it's a, it's a verse from one of the Psalms that says that the tongue of the proud walketh throughout the earth, then you have only to look at that little man going to many symposiums and conferences, saying things that would cause someone's heart to freeze with the confidence against which he speaks of our God, saying that our God's design is flawed, that he did not think things through, that he made man with so many caveats and without enough fail-safes to make man a long-wearing product. This part of the prophecy is called other gods. So the Lord is talking to me in the middle of the night, has woken me up for this conversation, and he says that people will hate him they will, as if they're operating on an unseen switch or a timer, come to hate him. So by a single stroke, as in nobody will be able to explain, when did it get this bad? 
We know that we've been seeing it pop up here and there, people falling away from their, their faith and trying to get attention by writing these very disturbing things that adults do, an open letter to so-and-so. This is just attention grabbing at its best. Nobody asked you, but you just write an, atten- uh, an op-ed, an open letter to God. I find it hard to believe that a loving God, and then there's 3 million Americans in this country reading that junk and it's going directly into the eye gates, into the mind, in through the ears and settling like so much debris in the heart, defiling the well of faith that lives within. People read and think, yes, why would a loving God do this and that? And they do not know that that is the entry in of unbelief which defiles a person and invites wrath from God. God loved Abraham and many of the other fathers because they were believing, because they were so faithful. They pleased God. But nowadays people will read academic tripe and then begin to ponder on it and begin to question the faithfulness of God his veracity? Is he really true? Is he really kind? Is he really the friend who sticks closer than a brother? And by such thoughts, they defile themselves and they becomes, become the ones who have an evil heart of unbelief, exactly as the scripture says. So suddenly at a stroke, like a switch being flipped, people will hate God and everything that is called God And this is just what two Thessalonians say, that when the son of perdition and his spirit enters the earth, he will oppose and exalt himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. This is two Thessalonians chapter two and verse four. People will hate anything that calls the name of God, anything that mentions him. Anything that invites his presence, such as prayer or worship, and anything that shows loyalty to him, such as Christians. So people will hate Christians. And I have done my level best to prepare Christians for the time that is coming, that is not the time that they are expecting, where they will be loved and they will be gathered to, and people will want to hear what they have to say. But as the Lord says, they will be persecuted and put to death. They shall hate the name of Jesus. They shall hate the Holy Spirit. They will turn against me and against all who support me or call upon my name. So this day he's talking about here now is the activity of the world, that the world will come into a place where they will suddenly hate God and this will be the operation of antichrist spirit in them. As if a switch has been pulled or a timer has suddenly run out, people will suddenly hate God and they will fall away from the pursuit of God in huge numbers. So here is a second group. This is people who are in God, who are suddenly going to start to hate God and they will fall away from pursuing God in huge numbers. You cannot fall away from something unless you were in it before. So you have to be in the running club. And then when you stop attending the meetings and they say, I wonder where Melanie is, then Melanie has fallen away from running club. But if Melanie was never a member, you cannot say that she fell away. The great falling away will be truly great. If there were five Christians, four of them will leave. If there were four, three of them will depart. They will utterly loathe my presence and depart. 
Loathe is deep and long-lasting hatred. And I put it to you that to deeply hate, you have to have deeply cared or deeply loved. You can't just loathe out of nowhere because if you didn't have flesh invested or skin in the game, as we say, you won't have such strong emotions. So this is like unto the betrayal of a wife against her husband to take a lover outside of her covenant. This is unto the betrayal of a brother against his sister by putting her in the kind of position that embarrasses her, exposes her, and leaves her feeling excessively vulnerable when she thinks that a brother is one who will protect and cover her. There has to be some kind of perceived breach of loyalty to loathe. Otherwise, you will simply say, I didn't like that, and you will be indifferent. It is a sad truth, but the majority of people in the church are mostly bench warmers. This is the Lord speaking and celestial listening and writing down. It is a sad fact, but the majority of people in the church are mostly bench warmers. They are not mine, nor are they rooted in the true vine. In the day of trial and persecution, they shall surely fall away for my name's sake. They have no root in themselves, and they will not agree to endure suffering and persecution for my sake. So Jesus is not speaking of any separate left-behind group. He is speaking to his church in existence upon the earth now, that when they come to the place of sifting, the place of purging, the place where the furnace is going to be heated up seven times hotter, like King Nebuchadnezzar did, And they realize that the heating of the furnace is actually for them, that it's not for that group of people that they always think are the left behind, that it's for them living now. Then Jesus says, they have no root. They're not rooted enough in the truth because they did not invest this time on earth to learn what we are supposed to prepare for. They couldn't believe it. And if you try to teach it to them, then they say, be it unto you according to your faith. If you believe that the heating up of the furnace is for you, be it unto you. They didn't believe that the furnace would be heated up for them. And he says that they will never agree to endure suffering and persecution for his sake. So other people have been enduring this persecution over the ages. Persecution is part and parcel of the gospel. Whoever has left father, mother, brother, sister, Houses or lands for my sake shall receive much more in this life with persecution. They will go and the churches will remain empty, waiting for the great end times harvest that I will call in from the fields. The fields are white with purpose, white with harvest. And my end times laborers shall go out to pluck the fresh harvest that will follow me wherever I go. The church will depart and the new church will come in. See to it then that you do not cast away your confidence for by it you have a great reward. So the Lord is telling us clearly that the time is coming when offense will drive the church out of the church. So this is being offended with your brother in the church and the oil that oils human relationships, 
It's going to start running dry because the Bible tells us that in the final days, men will become lovers of themselves. They will be quite intolerant. They will be unforgiving and stone-hearted. And so this might be a situation where you will try to tell a person, have you been hearing the word of the Lord? And have you been hearing what God is actually saying we will face? And if you bring it up too much, then you get blocked on the person's phone, blocked on social media, blocked in real life, and they just stop frequenting wherever the two of you used to meet and have fellowship because they hate you that much and they don't want to see you. People will depart from places where the truth is being shared. They will be offended. God says the church will go, but he says that the fields are white with harvest, meaning that he has a new church out there in the wild, waiting to be harvested and brought in by true end times laborers. And that will go all the way from the new fivefold ministers that God is calling to take the place of the rotted tree branches that he is going to chop down suddenly. After their funerals are done and all their little idol worshipers have cried their eyes out, God will raise up new servants to take their place who will bring an undiluted and pure word, an uncompromising truth. And the church that used to follow the old will either have to follow the new or fall away like their idols who have been buried with their lies. End times laborers will go out to get God's fresh harvest And he says that the church will go and the new church will come in. And then he gives this warning. See to it that you do not cast away your confidence for by it you have a great reward. This means that if you are part of the church now, see to it that you are not one of those who leaves the revolving door. This is the revolving door prophecy that I have been speaking about here for years. That God showed me that people who have been in the church for years, offense will drive you out. Being upset at hearing the truth in an uncompromising format will drive you out. You will get so mad at hearing that you have to go through testing and days of darkness and creatures on earth with their 10 toes. You will be so offended at the presentation of a Jesus who loves you enough to sanctify you with scourging. He was scourged and imagine he never said, for lo, my father wouldn't beat me up. Instead, Isaiah 53 says that it pleased God to crush our Messiah. But his church is like, well, that's enough of that. One crushing is enough for everybody. He was scourged. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to identify him with with him in his suffering so that we can share with him in his glorious resurrection. But everybody's just hung up on the glorious resurrection part. Too much noise in the suffering part. And he simply has a different viewpoint. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away that word that was sown in their hearts. And these likewise, meaning this also is another group. They are sown on stony ground. And when they hear the word, immediately They receive it with gladness. A God who loves me, a gospel of salvation, forgiveness for my many sins, any sin he will forgive. I receive him. I love him. I confess that he is my Lord and Savior. But they have no root in themselves. And so they only last for a time. Life gets tough in Christianity. Challenges arise. 
We find that God, who perhaps used to give easier answers when we were children, now begins to lead us into a season where maturity is expected. Older children are expected to be able to wait longer for food than the baby who has no restraint and cries and screams the minute he or she is hungry. Older children are expected to be able to wait until mom gets the food ready and then sit at the table and participate in the meal with the elders. They have no roots, so they have not developed in themselves, and so they can only endure for a time. Afterward, please listen to the two words that are used. This is Mark 4, 13 and 17. Afterward, when tribulation and persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they stumble, immediately. Wait, who's going to New World Order jail? They didn't say that in Bible study. They never told us in rapture videos about tribulation and persecution that arises for the sake of the word. You can even replace that word, word, with Jesus, for Jesus is the word. Immediately when tribulation or persecution arises for Jesus' sake, they stumble. What does it mean to stumble? It means that you, you lose your footing. You come to a place where you're not able to keep your balance. You are in danger of falling over, falling away. Why? Because you never built up the kind of faith that is able to be tested by that furnace, that fire, difficulty, being hunted for your faith. Who wants to be hunted for your faith? Best to throw the faith away and pretend I never had it. And so I saw, as God was talking to me, I saw a scene where I was looking out through a pastor's eyes. I was looking at, the, at a congregation, a very large congregation in a very stylized and lovely Western church. It's a kind of church that has a rich interior design. So the pews were real wood, dark wood, maybe mahogany or something else. And the pews are separated. There's enough space. It's real wood. There's that nice runner in the middle of the church, you know, the nice rug in the middle. Scenes of the passion on the wall and beautiful draperies also on the wall. And as I watched, a group of four people got up out of a group of five sitting on the bench and they walked out of the church. Then a group of three people out of four stood up. They took purses, Bibles, other personal items, and they walked out. So all over the room, I, looking with the pastor's eyes, I watched as, just as the Lord had said, four out of every five rose up and departed, and three out of four believers took their exit. The church emptied very fast, and then the Lord took the vision away. This part is called the great falling away. The Lord said that people will leave the faith gross numbers. This means large numbers falling away from the faith. People will greatly exit the church of Jesus Christ. They will clamor, make a loud, excited noise for new, exciting beliefs, for scientific revelations, and for false promises of other gods as interest in the Lord Jesus Christ becomes increasingly viewed as suspicious and archaic. Are you still reading that outdated Bible? 
Don't you know that it's been proven historically that they carbon dated all the scrolls and everything and they found that Apostle John and the others never existed? That it was a clever hoax that the Egyptians in ancient Egypt came up with and that the entire Bible was recopied from the Anunnaki civilization or the Sumerians. It was all a lie. How can you still believe that archaic knowledge? It doesn't fit now into our new society where we have sexual relations with the weird bodysuit and we can interact with as many partners we want simultaneously. Jesus is out of touch with our new utopian beliefs. Jesus is too far behind the exciting scientific revelations that they're working on to bring dead people back to life. He doesn't fit. They will want the impressive advances of medical science and the new technological inventions that will keep showing up. I have shared here that when it comes to banking, they will have something that grows up out of the ground, some kind of plastic that will just come up out of the ground and we will be scanning palms it will no longer be about you and the ATM. You will be scanning your palm. They will be going by biometric data. They will be interested in teeth imprints, saliva, the retina. People are already using their faces to log into their iPhones. And yet when they hear these prophecies, no, it's too far-fetched. I can't. I just can't see it. And yet the Lord is telling us here what will come. Impressive advances of science. This means that whatever they are working on now, the cloning and everything that the Lord has revealed here, that these people will not be stopped in it. When he says the advances will be impressive, that means they shall succeed. Because who is behind it? 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10. The lawless one is coming with power, signs, lying wonders. They shall achieve their goals. The clones will come out and say, I am seeking a human mate on Tinder. I am kind and not like your old boyfriend's. I don't cheap, cheat. I have been programmed to love only one woman. Watch the females of today flock to that thing to be found as its Princess Fiona. New technological inventions, he says, will keep showing up. So we are going into a time where more and more we will simply be reading these little blurbs. We've already seen that they've invented the robot dog. We've already seen that they've tried to sensitize people to living with automated things. How many people have Alexa in the house? How many people have the little Roomba going around? Do you know if that thing has a camera on it or not? It's funny now on TikTok, your cat is riding on it and you're filming it, but do you know if it has a camera? Do you know if it has a GPS that it emits high? I'm here at 1515 Firefly Lane. You don't know, but you just open your house and bring everything in. The way the Greeks opened the gates and brought the Trojan horse in and brought death and destruction and conquest to themselves because they had no wisdom. Later, they will want the speculative false promises of the fallen ones who will show a promising a higher life for humans. People would prefer anything to God, and this will become very apparent in the time of the great falling away. So God is telling me, and I am telling you, out of the goodness of his own heart, that the world shall grow bored with him. And maybe this is why sometimes it's getting harder and harder to translate faith 
and love for God to the younger generation because God just doesn't match their video games. God doesn't match the free sex that they're into. America is not watching as your children, the youth have gone right back to the permissive sexual immorality of your youth in the 60s. More lovers is better. That's exactly what these children are doing now. Ecclesiastes chapter three, there is nothing new under the sun. What has been done shall be again. People will prefer anything to God. It will be hard for a man to keep his faith. Peer pressure to convert to other religions will be great in the end times. So that means even the other religions will be making a play for the available humanity. Don't go to the Christians. Haven't you seen that they're on their two millionth and two false pastor reveal? How many times do they need to steal the church offerings before you realize that those people are false? How many pedophile scandals need to be exposed? How many moral failures can one of their pastors have before you finally wake up that God, that religion is false? The Jehovah Witnesses and everybody else will be making a play for the available souls and the church will be going through her worst era ever. Pressure to follow other religions will be great in the end times as well as government threats against the body of Christ that will make it increasingly difficult, dangerous, unappealing, and non-beneficial to follow God. Listen to the Lord. It is non-beneficial, people will feel, to die for God because there's not much of a visible benefit in laying down your life for this God that we call friend. Greater love has no man than this, but people will feel my love is not an extended warranty. It doesn't go that far. It is unappealing to face death. It is dangerous to face government persecution. It is difficult to find that you have become a demographic that is being slowly excluded and cut out from things becoming an object of hate, of mockery, because you adhere to archaic beliefs that as we go on, God will say that we are being accused of hate speech. We've been watching social media videos since 2020 of pastors who continue to preach and they came and they put them in cuffs. We were watching from home, from quarantine and thinking, what a brave man. But what would happen if the bravery of that man, God suddenly extrapolated it throughout the whole church and suddenly everyone was acquired to show the same bravery? What would happen? Would you still be willing to be saved? Would you still be willing to believe in the same Jesus of Nazareth that said to follow me, you must pick up your cross and then keep your feet on the same narrow path that I'm keeping? People will conclude it's not worth it to be excluded from so many gifts and benefits of the new world order. They will depart the faith of Christ to pursue the benefits of government rule in the end times. How many prophecies have I brought here about the beast system where they will be giving out incentives and social credit score and more points if you're a snitch and more points if you do your assigned neighborhood chores and you will be considered a good citizen if you join 10 female clubs, 10 female activities. But if you're only doing the minimum, as the Lord showed me in one dream, I had the minimum amount of activities. And then I be began to receive mail. Hello, Celestial. We noticed that you are only in six female social activities. It is good to be a model citizen. You are doing the bare minimum. We have suggestions that we have chosen for you 
based on your personality profile. Please go through our suggestions and you are also welcome to visit the website and look at a few others that we did not consider compatible with you. How would they know what's compatible with me? Because they will have tons of compiled data off the phone, the website, shopping habits, and just their general nonstop spying. And the letter basically ended with a barely veiled threat, which was, we will give you 30 days to increase your number of activities and then we will be in touch again. So you're going to have to join the female walking club and the female knitting club and the female bingo club or the mixed sexes biking club. And many people will hate it, but God showed that in that future, there will be a sharp and distinctive difference between people who can hate things and still manage to control themselves because they have learned that Galatians 5, 22 and 23 show good fruits that wise people should be cultivating now in the days when the sun is up. People will leave the faith of Christ to pursue the benefits that government rule will give in the end times. Obedience means points to fly first class. Disobedience means waking up to find your bank account has been hit for 5,000 credits of repeated disobedience because you refuse to get extra club activities. And so they will just take a chunk of your monthly earnings. And then if you complain, they will hit you with a second fine for anti-obedience or whatever they will create in those days. And so people will not be interested in the slow God who wants them to wait and pray and stay faithful and endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. They won't care for that. They will be greatly enraptured by the flashy miracles and the rapid results that the fallen angels will be bringing along with AI technology. And the fallen angels themselves will be a spectacle in themselves. So they will be a whole carnival sideshow by themselves. I shared, uh, a prophecy here about the angel that was on fire, how an angel actually manifested in front of us. It was supposed to be a big event and, and all the people in the neighborhood where I lived at the time were like, we're going and it was, it was known, but at the same time not known that this was going to happen. And I, I knew about this. I knew this was going to happen and, said, and so I said, I will surely not miss this event. But we didn't know what the event was going to be. And when we gathered out outside at the particular time, an angel manifested in a column of fire. An actual angel showed itself standing so tall and majestic like this in a column of fire in broad daylight and come and see people this is of God. This is majestic people allowing their children to go near to what is effectively a tiger standing there with no leash. And at the same time, the sky was opening. God was showing a second dimension behind the sky. And while everyone was transfixed with that false manifestation on the ground, I was more interested in knowing why is the sky opening up a massive diamond shaped hole and showing an entire different world behind it. And so there are people on earth waiting for aliens to arrive, excited because the aliens will be offering things like lengthened life, more technology, interstellar travel, and all that. So then what do we expect God to do about the behaviors that we have? I'm speaking to those people who God will speak to you once and you will know that the Holy Spirit has told you, I want you to do this, or I want you to stop doing it, but then you don't listen. 
I don't know how many times I see that the evidence that God has been speaking to you is sometimes very visible in the, com in, the comp in the comment section of this blog. The Lord has been speaking to you and you have been disrespecting him and not doing what he said. And then I will bring a prophecy and I will speak. And as the tongue in my mouth is led by the spirit, my speech goes here and there. And then someone will say, this is true. He's been telling me to do this for two months now. Imagine, imagine God going after you like a nanny for two months and you think yourself higher than the great spirit of Jesus. You don't obey until a mere human being speaking by the spirit hits you in the heart with an arrow, not a poison arrow, but an arrow that brings conviction. And then out of your mouth comes what's in your belly, disobedience. And then we all see, ah, God cannot speak to this one. And this one wakes up like Abraham who heard in the night, give me Isaac, your only son. And the Bible says in the morning, Abraham woke up, took the boy and some wood and some servants, didn't even talk to Sarah. And off he went to sacrifice all he had. Didn't say, is that you God? Depart from me, Satan. Didn't say anything like that. Heard the word and the next morning, his feet were moving into obedience. And here are we in the final times where obedience to the voice of God is the difference between life and death. Don't speak right now, Todd. These men are on edge. They're looking for those that they call terrorists, treasonous against the government. They're searching your home right now, Todd. They might be breaking a few things. They might be eyeing your wife. Be still, my son. Hold your tongue. And then they do a little bit too much and Todd goes, hey, what is that? Out goes the bullet, sorrow, piercing the heart of your wife as she watches you, the protector and keeper of the home, fall to the ground, all for the sake of the tongue that burneth like a fire in the mouth of this last generation, the tongue that cannot be tamed. And yet the Bible says, the one who bridles his tongue it is like somebody that has conquered a whole city. The man who bridles his tongue bridles, and that means control. To bridle an animal means that you put the muzzle on it, and if you pull this way, the animal goes this way. You pull that way, the animal responds. You bridle your tongue. The, the Lord says you control all the members of your body. What a mystery. That mastery of speech and control of the mouth can actually be the root by which a man or a woman can resist adultery. What a mystery that God says that if you develop enough self-control to keep this thing under wraps, you can't be tempted by someone flashing her goodies to you because if you manage to control the mouth, which is almost impossible to control, surely you can control your lions. responsiveness to the voice of the Holy Spirit will decide whether a lot of people live or die in the days that are coming. But now is the time where speech is free. It's flowing, social media, you can say anything you like. And that is such ill practice for the days that are ahead when silence just might be your friend. And so here we are, we are hearing the word of the Lord, Matthew 24 and 12, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. This is the description of the time that I'm talking about, that people will have no love 
that they will have no problem your own children handing you over to the beast system. Many times the Lord is speaking to me just in my personal time. Sometimes he's just soothing my heart about the difficulties of this work. And I would say to the Lord, Lord, why are the children so bad? And he just says it is their payment for their own rebellion. If a man or a woman is hearing the prophetic word of the Lord and sitting and saying it's a lie and then not only holding it in his heart, but he's speaking it abroad loudly, come and listen to me as I call the prophecy a lie and they're gathering onto him and they gather in rebellion against the father, how will God pay you back? Will it not be your own child that rebels against you and goes, hello, is this the new world order hotline? Yes, my father is a Christian. Please come and pick him up. He annoys me with his insistence on group prayer and off to the jail you go and you will never see the connection between your rebellion unto God in the days where words were free. And then the days where words are death, your child will repay into your bosom. When the Lord told me that, I was quiet. Because no words that someone speaks against me now can be as harsh as your own child being the cause of your tombstone. That is enough to make anyone quiet. The seeds you sow now are waiting for you in the new world order, but you don't know that. You who do these things, but I know them and I am quiet because pity for you demands silence. And brother will deliver up brother to death and the father his child and the children will rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated of all men for my name's sake but he that endures to the end shall be saved. Matthew 10, 21 and 22. People in those days will hate the laws of God. They will cast off restraint. They will say that Christianity is too judgmental. It's too full of hate speech and problematic doctrines. One of the ones that the Lord was bringing to my mind just a few days ago is saying, observe the facetiousness of those who mock communion. That's right. Especially in the atheist community, this is one of their main points of mockery, that who would follow a God that demands eating of flesh and drinking his blood? And he said to me, my daughter, even in the day when the Lord instituted his supper, did he give them his flesh to eat and his blood to drink? And again, I'm pausing and thinking, God, your thinking is magnificent. I never thought of that before. Even in the day when Jesus was saying, take, eat, this is my flesh, take, drink the cup of my blood. Did he give them actual saguing from his veins? Did he cut off globs of flesh and hand them dripping meat? Did he not bring them into one ship with him by the use of symbols? And yet the atheist will mock what is obvious in the pages because he considers himself so high in his mind. Those that exalt themselves, I am telling you, by the power and the spirit of God vested in me, they will be humbled by the darkness that shall enter in between their ears. When you see 
the animal and savage-like nature of those who reject truth. Church who are full of false doctrines. Church who are full of mockery and unbelief. Now, you are not exempted from this that I am saying. When you see the things that God will allow to enter into your mind and the things that you will start to do, carried by the throat, by lies, those who are still granted to have a sound mind in Christ because the helmet is not only on the head, but it has a strap and then they just put duct tape around it to be sure that it doesn't fall off. We will only pity you because you will be too far gone to witness to or to save because God says that when you fall away, when you go into the darkness of futility of the mind, because like Romans 1, you have seen what is of God but you refuse to acknowledge him as God. He will not allow you to crucify Jesus a second time. They will say that our, our faith is full of problematic doctrines, as I just described concerning communion. This is just my own private teaching that God gives me, but I'm happy to share it. Our faith will end up as the global scapegoat for everything going wrong at that time. And the beast system will directly fuel the idea that Christians are hateful, restrictive, and judgmental people who want to stop others from being happy, progressive, and evolving people. We will be painted as the constant cause of conflict across the world. Us and our evil God who does not accept everything and everyone and it will be very hard for us. The Bible says that in the end, everyone will hate believers. And in some places, people will even think that they're pleasing the real God, whoever people think he is, when they kill those who serve and confess Jesus Christ. John 16, 2, then they will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. Matthew 24 and 9, then they will deliver you up to be afflicted and kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my sake. Revelation 2 and 10, do not fear what you are about to suffer. Look, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison to test you, and you will suffer tribulation for 10 days. Be faithful even unto death and I will give you the crown of life. Now, when we're hearing tribulation, persecution, faithfulness, even unto death, we can tell that life is going to leave the body. No wonder then that many will depart the faith. No wonder then that our God has said in this message that the falling away that pastors are teaching now without breaking it down into the small granules so that listeners can really understand what is up ahead. No wonder he says that it will be so great that four out of every five who call themselves Christian now will walk out of the faith and three out of every four will walk away from Jesus. Four out of five, three out of four, that basically leaves one person left in each instance who will cling to their faith. So this is the word of the Lord. And here are the Lord's words in John 15, 14 and 19. And I will end with this. This is Jesus Christ talking to God when he was praying. I have given them your word 
and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. This means make them pure and true through them having the truth in them. You cannot be sanctified believing in lies. It doesn't matter who taught you the lies. It doesn't matter how long you have believed the lies. You are not sanctified, washed, purified if what is in you is deception. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. May the Lord minister the words of this prophetic message to those who consent to be taught by him. I am Celestial, and this is the Master's Voice. God bless you and thank you. As you continue to come to this channel, may you continue to receive the Lord's word as it has been given to me, taught to me, shared to me, faithfully written down in many notebooks over the years and kept so that God can know that his word is being stewarded as faithfully as I am capable. Thank you for supporting the channel. Thank you to those who are a blessing to this channel. I pray that the Lord may return all of your seed to you and know that my heart uplifts you before the Father as you remember me. I pray for those who want to hear the Lord's word, that the word will not be taken away by evil birds or the word will not found, find stony purchase in your heart, but that it will go in and that your roots will go down deep enough so that you can remain and endure until the end. Until I see you again, God bless you and goodbye.